I'm Shelton Bumgarner. Welcome to episode 17 of What's the Crack? The Tyranny of Instability. My fa- my father's favorite World War II movie is Mr. Roberts. As you may or may not know, Mr. Roberts is set in a, I don't know, something of a junk ship, Navy ship, in the middle of the Pacific. And all during the movie, Mr. Roberts wants to see action. He wants to fight in the war. And he has an ongoing uh, power struggle with the captain, played by James Cagney. James, Mr. The, the captain has a prized palm tree he won for some award, as part of an award. The palm tree becomes something of a symbol. And along the way, there's a there's a character called Ensign Pulver who is uh, a cad, a ne'er do well, uh, comic relief, and at the very end of the movie, uh, we find we we learn that Ensign Pulver uh, has gotten Mr. Roberts's job. Who had Mr. Roberts has left the ship to 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 fight in the war, and. To make a long story short, ultimately Ensign Pulver uh, rushes to James to, to the captain's uh, headquarters quarters after having thrown the palm tree over the side of the ship, and he goes, "My name is Ensign Pulver, and I just threw your palm tree over the side of the ship." So, why is that relevant? Well. It tells us a lot about the greatest generation. Uh, I think that a lot of our uh, poo-pooing and uh, looking down upon millennials and zennials and whomever is a luxury of the long peace. A lot of American society, the worst elements of it, are the luxury of a long peace. Now, I'm I, I am not... <laughs> I'm not suggesting that we like have a war to get rid of those elements, but uh, they are they are definitely a luxury. I mean, when when you have not had to face existential problems for a long time, you can sort of become debauched or even uh, degenerate, as are uh, as some uh, far right people would say. Uh, but see, there there's a there's an issue that <clears throat> the the far right that wants to call us degenerate misses. And that is, it is human nature that if things grow existential, that people, most people, barring someone like Donald Trump, but most people will rise to the occasion. It's just human nature. If things are existential and you are facing a life or death situation, you, you know, character counts and you probably will rise to the occasion. That's just human nature. Uh, As such, I, I think... Uh, if my worst, absolute worst dystopian nightmares become a reality, which I do not want, but if should they become a reality, and the United States implodes and splits into blue and red for no other reason than Donald Trump is scared of going to jail, I think, I don't think I know that we are going to be shocked at how quickly the millennials, the long disparaged millennials, will rise to the occasion. In fact, I would say they could be 
a greatest generation. Because uh, that's just human nature. And you can't you can't change what's been hardwired into us for millennia. When which is when things grow existential, people rise to the occasion. Now, part and parcel with what I just talked about is the issue of what is America? Uh, one thing that I hear from uh, people from the other side is the issue of the, the real American or the real America. It makes you, and it, it, I find that term very interesting because what is a real American? Who gets to decide? Uh, why do we give them that power? Because once you just once you have the power to determine who a real American is then you're, they're saying that there are Americans who aren't real. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, if you're a citizen of the United States, you are an American. It, and as such, I guess what's, what, what, what's, what's going on is there are two, uh, two different ideas of what America is. There is the blue, I, blue conceit of America being an idea, ideal or an idea, and the red conceit of America being blood and soil. So that's kind of what really the, the, the difference between the two sides can be boiled down to. And it's that difference that I think we're sort of sensing when we look and say, you know, Trump has had no accountability and he's been rare, really stable in his support, <clears throat> which often leads to the, the idea of lulls, nothing matters. And I think... You know that that um, that issue that Trump, in real terms, has had, had no accountability and very stable support. That is really that's if you look at the Trump era, that is the crux of the matter. Is that Trump has been Trump has not had to do anything. Trump has not to do had not had. He could win an Oscar for playing Donald Trump. He won the presidency for playing for playing a Donald Trump, even though obviously he is not what his followers wanted when they voted for him. They wanted an autocrat, but he is just a man in a suit. He is an incompetent play attempting. Like in recent years in his administration, he has grown better at being an autocrat in large part because he has picked people willing to facilitate his autocratic desires. But at the core, he is a facade. He is a hoax, a canard. He is not what people who voted for him thought he was. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's nothing more than a sham, a lie. And he always has been. So the issue is, how is it that this has happened? And I think that comes that plays in part to the next major concept, which is the pink elephant. There is a very, very big pink elephant in the room. And that is, America is obviously far less stable than we would like to think. One of the things about Trump that I think we don't really give enough credence to is the, what I call the tyranny of instability. And the tyranny of instability is you never, you, ne you just never know what someone's going to do when they're in, unstable. Like when, and, the, and so you feel, you, you live in a state of perplex, perpetual fear that they're, like, because there have been times when they do, 
uh, in fact, do something pretty crazy or whatever. And you're like, well, obviously they're going to do that again, right? But they're un so unstable that you don't know for sure that they will. In fact, I think that's one of the rules of power is to always keep your enemy guessing. But yet, if the person is really bonkers, then they're not really, they're not intentionally keeping you guessing. That's just who they are. And so Trump has really become a personification, an avatar for the rot in American society. Now, the thing is, I don't know. I don't know how we do anything about that. Like, Trump, it's, it's like Trump it came from a primordial dark goo uh, of, he's a totem of, of some very, very existential problems and crises in our national psyche and the fact that he is so close to winning re-election given what an incompetent criminal he is that in itself I think tells us that should Trump do what I fear he will do which is rather he that he would rather bring the country down than risk being put in prison there is a chance that, uh, you know, the country will collapse in large part because Trump doesn't want to go to prison. And, you know, those existential problems that he represents will sort of come, come to the forefront and, you know, will collapse. And I, I don't really know. I mean, and I think that's the thing that we may, maybe miss is we don't realize the severity of the problems in the United States and that Trump may, his ultimate end game is to destroy the United States, much like Gorbachev destroyed the Soviet Union, but their rationales being the exact opposite. Gorbachev was trying to save the Soviet Union and Trump was trying to save himself. Uh, and so uh, I don't know uh, what the end game will be because... There comes a point when the similarities between Gorbachev, the inverse similarities between Gorbachev destroying the Soviet Union and Trump potentially destroying the United States don't jibe up. So you could say that if it was the inverse, that Trump will herald the arrival of autocracy to the United States, whereas Gorbachev herald, heralded the arrival of freedom to the Soviet Union. And yet... If the United States were to were to collapse, there might be some form, some form of creative destruction, and after a great tragedy, which I do not want, it's possible, not probable, that there will be some sort of renewed American covenant, and we'll you know we will be far weaker than we were before, but we'll at least be on our way to being more united and maybe learn learn a lesson <laughs> about about hating your fellow uh, citizens. Uh, I, I don't want to come across as though I'm, like, excited that the country may collapse so we can get some cool stuff when that's not the case at all. I, I'm well aware that my running scenarios can be misinterpreted as sort of, like, egging, trying to egg things on so I can have a... So, so there'll be some sort of like liberal progressive Turner Diaries. That is not what's going on, I promise. Uh, but, you know, maybe in a struggle to make myself feel better for the impending catastrophe, I, I 
struggle to find some scenario where maybe in the end we're, we're stronger for it. Uh, that's all that's going on. Anyway, uh, as, I, as I've said before uh, many times, I do want to co-host, I want guests, and I want some engagement. Uh, if you are interested in being my co-host, please let me know on Twitter. Uh, if you wish to be a guest on this show, please let me know about that too. I promise you, I, I, uh, I, I'm far more professional interviewing people than, than, this, than these podcasts may suggest um, to date. It's just I, I'm kind of getting my, getting my uh, sea legs and I don't quite know. I think once... Once I had a co-host, and then then I think that would really help me focus and make this much better than it is. But I do think I've been somewhat informative and entertaining. Infotainment. Anyway, uh, as always, thank you for your time. And uh, if you want, if you could uh, tell people about this podcast, that would be great. Uh, again, I'm Shelton Bumgarner, and this has been episode 17 of What's the Crack? The Tyranny of instability.